0: Hello and welcome to In The Frame, an interviews podcast from West End Frame. I'm your host and West End Frame editor, Andrew Tomlins. Today's guest is Charlotte Wakefield, who is currently playing Miss Windsor in the RSC's new musical, The Boy in the Dress. The show recently began performances at the Royal Shakespeare Theatre in Stratford-upon-Avon. The Boy in the Dress is based on David Wallins' book with new music by Robbie Williams and Guy Chambers. Charlotte has had an incredible career. She has done so many amazing shows over the years. She has been nominated for two Olivier Awards for her performances in the original West End production of Spring Awakening and in The Sound of Music at the Regent's Park Open Air Theatre. Just a few of Charlotte's other credits include playing Sophie in Mamma Mia, Laurie in Oklahoma, Truly Scrumptious in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, Veronica in The Workshop of Heathers and Polly in Crazy For You. I spoke to Charlotte a few weeks ago. It was the first day of tech rehearsals for The Boy in the Dress. We really wanted to make this interview work. So because she was in Stratford-upon-Avon, we did it over the phone. I obviously wanted to know all about The Boy in the Dress. However, we also spoke about lots of other things, including her wedding next year and how she deals with the balancing act that comes with being an actor. Here's the interview. Charlotte Wakefield, you're in the frame. How are you doing?
1: Really good. How are you? I'm
0: very well. You're live from the RSC. You're up from Stratford upon Avon.
1: I know. I'm I'm slightly overwhelmed that I'm here, but um <laughs> yeah, I'm having I'm having so much fun up here. Such a great vibe.
0: We've we've chatted before over the years and yeah. I always remember you saying talking about new work and how yeah. new work is something that really excites you and something that you've wanted to do more of. So when did you first hear about The Boy in the Dress? When, when was the first time you heard about it? And kind of when your agent kind of came to you with the audition, what was your reaction?
1: Okay, well, I'd already read the book. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big fan of David Williams' writing anyway. Um, and I hadn't read it when it was first released, because I know it's his first um, children's book that he ever wrote. Um, and as more and more of the shows kind of came around, like Gangster Granny and Billionaire Boy, yeah. and I was kind of like, wow, these are being made into shows. And so I got reading and, um, and I loved the book. Now it wasn't until, um, about two and a half weeks, three weeks before rehearsals were due to start that I actually had my audition.
0: Oh my um, So
1: it was quite a last minute. <laughs> um, and my agent called and said, darling, I have you an audition for the RSC. Now, I, imi- I I immediately panicked thinking, "Oh, I've got to prepare something from Shakespeare in the next day." Um but she said, "No, it's for The Boy in the Dress." And I and I knew it was happening. Mm. Um but I I had just assumed that I either wouldn't be seen or um was a bit young or I just thought there's no way I'm going to be seen for the RSC. Yeah. Obviously, knowing the success of Matilda and everything, I thought, there's no way they're going to come to little old me to oh, originate a role.
0: <laughs> I disagree, but okay. Okay.
1: Um, and she said, um, yeah, it's for the role of Miss Windsor. And at the time, I thought, no way, because I was in, actually in the process of buying a house in Windsor with my fiancé, Mark. Oh, my god! Um, and I thought, this is way too good to be true. Um, if, you know, if fate is really pointing me in this direction, then let's go for it. And... Um, <laughs> I had an audition um, where I met Greg, the director. Yeah. And obviously knowing he was the artistic director of the RSC, was exceptionally over-prepared. <laughs> and, I was going to um... say, well, did you
0: have to prepare? How... So you had like a day to prepare this new material? Yeah, well,
1: I, I mean, I had maybe two, three days right. to... Um, but but I like to be off book
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, with auditions. I just feel more comfortable. Um, but they, had, they told me to prepare... Um, two scenes um, and so I did one of which was almost entirely in French what <laughs> um, so so I went to my good friends on um, Twitter and Facebook and said anyone who speaks fluent French please um, raise your hands and so the wonderful Emma Williams um, actually speaks French and um, I did not know that about script. Anna Williams. Yes, she speaks French exceptionally well. I mean, I owe her this job. Um, <laughs> uh, and um, she, she annotated all my scripts in um, phonetics and she recorded it all. And I went in and seemingly um, did OK. <laughs> and then got called back to sing. Um, and that was it. Then they offered me the job.
0: Wow. And then your life is like completely changed the next kind of six yeah. months. Yeah.
1: Yeah, my life kind of turned upside down. Within two, within about ten days, I was in rehearsal. Um... And and um, we're about to start tech today. So, yeah, it's been a whirlwind, but it's been an absolutely extraordinary experience.
0: So when you're, I mean, did you have a chance when you were looking over that material to audition to be like, oh, this is good or this is exciting? So it's so different, I imagine, when you're auditioning for something brand new because the material is unknown and you don't know what it's going to be. Whereas when you get an audition for like Mamma Mia, you know, essentially, you know what the show is and, and the context and what the material is. Is it is it different?
1: it is different. Um, I, I read the script in full, um, which is always really useful when they do send you the full script. Um, and I thought this is really funny. Um, but also heartfelt and, um, inspiring. And then, um, yeah, it's you have to just go in there with open eyes and open ears and kind of go, well, none of us really know what this is going to be. Um, and the only thing I can do in audition is show you what what I think my representation of the role would be, and also be kind of open to direction and suggestion. And also, I find that auditions for new work they tend to be much more um, laid back and um, a bit more chatty. I think right. when I mean I've auditioned for for most run, long running shows under the sun, um, and <laughs> um, and it's it's as much as they're brilliant because you know what you're auditioning for um they can sometimes be a little bit more like you know well we know what we're looking for and as soon as that person walks in the door well that's the person um whereas I went into the room kind of going well in the book Miss Windsor is in her early 40s so I thought well I'm 28 (laughs) so um I think maybe physically I'm I'm not what what um was envisioned from the book but I went in with kind of my um interpretation of what i as an actress looking the way i do and and the age i am could bring to the role and evidently that works whether or not they had that in their minds or or not but they you know they they went with Mm. me so i'm i'm Mm. just creating the character from scratch which is absolutely incredible
0: so exciting so then what what has the rehearsal process been like has it been this wonderful creative space have things been changing has it been tiring what's what's it been like (laughs)
1: Um, it's been incredible. Um I thrive in, ex- in in environments like this anyway. Um I'm a very creative person. I really enjoy kind of um character development and talking about um, storyboarding and all of those things we've been really quite involved in. Um, and we also obviously have four sets of children, mm. um, which has been really cool because when you're when you're creating new work, you're doing it with the actors that are around you but when when your main character is changing um constantly you you ha- it really keeps you on your toes and you discover new things with different children you discover new things with different um young adult because our Lisa Jameses are all kind of over 16 mm-hmm. or I think they are or maybe between the age of 14 and 16 they're just exceptionally talented actresses and actors. You've got Darvesh and Dennis, who are also um, between the ages, I think, of 11 and 14. They're they're really young and inspiring actors. Um, But it's been really collaborative. Um, Things change daily. When we uh, had our first uh, music call with Alan, our musical director, he said, "Um, right, I want you to repeat after me. And we all said, okay. And he went, change is good <laughs> and so we all chanted at him change is good and it is good because what it means is that you're open to things developing scrapping ideas that maybe haven't worked um but we're, we're always allowed to play and I think that's been what's been so great mm. about this experience is that we've been allowed to play yeah you sometimes going to rehearsal rooms where they're like this is what it is you move to five that's when you say blah and then that and then you leave the stage whereas this has been It's been really inspiring Mm. Um, and Greg has been very open to um, suggestions from his creative team because this is the first time he's ever, ever, I think, um, directed a musical. And so he's surrounded himself with the best people
0: there are I mean yeah what a team your creative team is ridiculous you have the oh, most unbelievable. wonderful people I actually came along to there was the kind of open rehearsal event that they did yeah. and there was a lovely Q&A with the creative team which was fascinating and then we saw a number from the show so what I want the gossip tell me what what can people expect from the show what's the music like what's it gonna look like what what sneak peeks can you kind of give us
1: I mean, without giving too much away, I think it's, it's, it's exactly how you imagine it, or, or it is to me anyway. So when I read the book and I looked at the sketches that Quentin Blake had drawn, <clears throat> I kind of was thinking, what are they going to do with this? Um, and the, the design for this show is absolutely incredible. Hmm. Um, to, again, not to give too much away, pretty much everything in the show looks like it's sketched. So it's a really kind of immersive, um, kind of non-naturalistic world, but that is naturalistic. It's it's really hard to explain, and you'll just have to come and see the show to see what I mean when I say that. Um, But the the and on all the colours and um, it's just very appealing to both young people and also to adults. There's a sense of uh, you know a throwback to your childhood in there. it, it, it's just wonderful and in terms of the music it's a pop score mm. as you would imagine from Robbie Williams and Guy Chambers but it, it, it's 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 more than that I mean I I wasn't sure what to expect because obviously I, I mean I love the work of Robbie Williams and Guy Chambers I've listened Hello. to <laughs> I know I mean come on I've listened to all of Robbie Williams's albums I was a huge fan
0: can you believe you're in Robbie Williams's first musical
1: <laughs> oh no goodness. because and he came to watch our first our first run of uh, first full run through the other day oh my gosh and I, um, I squealed when you walked in. <laughs> <laughs> it's just insane. It's insane. But the music's unbelievable. And it's, you know, it, and it's so varied. Um, and it also does have that kind of vibe of the Robbie Williams and Guy Chambers album, but it's so personal to the show. And, and again, songs have been changing all the time. Orders, um, keys, even some songs, new songs have been put in over time, you know. So Mm -hmm. it's, um, they've been really open to that change and um, everyone's kind of learning from each other. It's just been really great.
0: And I think this show is going to really speak to people. I mean, the story has already spoken to so many people. You know, so many young people really have identified with the storyline and with the characters. And that's a really special thing. And I imagine... Uh, do you think that will translate on stage? Do you think audiences are going to really take a lot away from this?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think Greg's done an incredible job of directing um, all of us in a way that makes an audience feel compassionate, feel sorry for certain characters, you know, root for other characters. Um, e- everything that's in the book um, has been encapsulated in, in our show, in my opinion, um, the, the, the tongue in cheek, um, narration that goes through the book, um, obviously we don't have a narrator, but that, that feeling of, um, an audience being allowed in their own heads to comment on what's happening in a slapstick kind of, um, nudge, nudge, wink, wink way, um, definitely translates into our story in the way we're telling it. And I think what's really good, um, kind of in the way that Matilda's done I'm just thinking of another RSC show yeah. um, you Dennis is the central character of our, of our story mm-hmm. and everyone else facilitates his story um it not necessarily in a secondary way but it's 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 like you're seeing it through his eyes and i think that's really clever um you know, you can really, you really feel for not only him, but everyone that's in his life. And you understand why he has relationships with people. Mm, mm. Um, and you really, I think the thing that we were working on, especially last week um, in rehearsals, was trying to really solidify um, Dennis's journey and the fact that this is his story. Um, the opening line of the show is, I'm an ordinary 12-year-old boy living in an ordinary town in ordinary street that sometimes I feel different and it's his, it's his story. Um, and we tell it through him. And so it's, it's really exciting. And I think, I think especially children and young people are really, really going to be able to, um, feel for all the characters and, and kind of, you know, Dennis is a little bit of a, of an idol, (laughs) you know, he, he embraces his differences and his, um, sparkle. And I think that's really exciting. And if we can if we can kind of tell that story and get that message out to young people, I think it's really it's really great.
0: I think it's so, really yeah. important. I think it's really important to have all different representation in theatre. Like kinky boots and everyone's talking about jamie they're all so different but there's so many different stories being told now on this you know universal stage which i think Mm -hmm. is so important that we have that and i just love the idea of someone going to see it and not really expecting much and then just totally losing themselves in these shows and shows like wicked you know people just identify with those characters don't they and it's Mm -hmm. nothing there's nothing else like it that's the magic of theatre
1: absolutely i mean that's why i fell in love with theatre um what was your show what happened well, the first show I ever saw professionally was Annie, <laughs> um, and Lily Savage was playing um, with Hannigan,
0: oh, and
1: it was just exceptional, and I, I've always been a fan of theatre, especially musical theatre, it does something to my soul, and I, and I can't, it sounds so cheesy, but I can't explain what it is, the second an overture starts, I move to tears, like, mm. and it's something, I, it's something that isn't, isn't logical, it's like, in my instinct, it's so weird, mm. um, but for me, I can get 100% lost in theatre even now. And I've been in working in theatre for the last 12 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still get lost in theatre and I know how it works behind the scenes. So I think as an audience member going to see a show for the, especially for the first time yeah. to be completely lost in it is, is really, really special. And we had um, a, a full run through of our show on Friday. Um, where um, all of the creatives were watching, obviously they've been in the rehearsal room, but people like people from the wig department, wardrobe department, right. um, production team, everything, they all came and watched it and people were moved to tears. Now they know the story. <laughs> yeah. They know the story. They, they've they seen rehearsals. They've, they've seen the set. They've seen the costumes, but to have grown adults being moved to tears by a story about, about a boy, mm. you know, is, it's just amazing. And, there are, there are moments in the show and I've, you know, I've already seen it tens of, twen- you know, 20, 30 <laughs> times over and I still get moved because I can 100% relate to the story. Yeah. I think that's really, really important.
0: Oh, I'm so excited. I need to come now. I'm, I need it now. I'm <laughs> feeling impatient. Um,
1: <laughs> I know. So are week. We were about to go into tech. So we're like, this is the first time we're going to see our set. <sighs> so we're very excited.
0: Um Tell me about your character. So what's your process been like with your roles? What's it been like?
1: Well, um, so I play Miss Mm Windsor and she is the French teacher at school. (laughs) Um, She's slightly fabulous, but also um, a little bit tragic in in that she, she, I think she actually thinks that she's far above teaching. (laughs) And she really thinks that she should be living in Paris. Um, walking down the River Seine, you know. But actually, she's probably only been to Paris on, on a school trip maybe once. <laughs> but she just... She I just think we want a French teacher like that. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we've all had teachers like that that you think, you've never been there, yeah. or, you know, what do you know? Yeah. Um, but she... And I actually had a, a, a Spanish teacher very similar to this, where they, where she talks to the um, the class in French, expecting them to understand. Mm. Um but she get and she gets so carried away when she meets Dennis slash Denise who is actually French and her, you know, her, her her French runs away with her and she just has such a passion for France and everything to do with it. Yeah. But she's kinda of scatty. When I explain her, I always say in my head when I was auditioning, I expect I I, I thought she was somewhere between Professor Trelawney and Ooh. Dolores Umbridge from Harry Potter. Nice. Definitely in the middle of those two characters. She's kind of so fun. She's kind of prim and proper, but at the same time, she's an absolute scatterbrain and will drop pencils all over the floor. <sighs> that so, sounds like you know, a dream. She's, but, and it's so much fun to play because I usually play the romantic lead and the ingenue, and um, and I've obviously been so lucky to play some incredible characters, some le- you know leading ladies. And actually, this is my first experience of being a character actress, really kind of mm. experimenting with comedy and... Playing someone that's a little bit further from who I am, Mm. and and I'm just having an absolute blast. And Mm. as well as that, um, I'm also playing Dennis's mum, who does you do actually meet in our story. Right. Um, And what's great about the RSC is they do tend to divvy divvy out parts as you go. So I'm now playing a a plethora of characters, as well as Miss Windsor, which is actually really really fun. again, not to give too much away, but I play a posh mum with a very platinum blonde bob um, (laughs) and and heels. Uh, And I play, obviously, Dennis's mum and Miss Windsor. So I get to do lots of different things, which is really, really fun. Um, But yeah, Miss Windsor's been an absolute blast to develop. Um,
0: She sounds like a dream.
1: She is. And her wig alone explains exactly what she is. I will leave that to your imagination until you come and see the show, but just you wait.
0: I'm so ready for the wig. <laughs> but That's a really interesting point, though, that you said this is your first time getting to be a character actress. Because when you look at your... CV, it doesn't look like you've been pigeonholed at all because you have done so many completely different shows like Spring Awakening, couldn't be more different to like Mamma Mia, to The Sound of Music, to Crazy For You, like all in Oklahoma, they're all like different eras, you've got some traditional, some more modern, contemporary, like very contemporary stuff in there. So how do you balance that as an actress? Hi, I'm Marcus Mazzell, host of Past Present Feature, a filmmaker appreciation podcast showcasing
1: new festival releases and the past films that inspired them. As a filmmaker myself, I started this podcast with the intention of building community while talking shop and to show love to past
0: cinema that sparked a new wave of filmmakers to create the films of the future. Please like and subscribe to this podcast and follow us on social media at Past Present Feature. Thank you for listening. Let's roll it.
1: really easy to be pigeonholed as an actress um because once people know what you can do that you'll you'll always be held in your in their heads as that so for me i know that i'll always be called in for certain shows and won't be called in for others Mm. um and i think for me heathers was my kind of like breakthrough back into pop musicals after a really long run of doing roger hamstein and those classics and and uh but it I am conscious of it and I've been working with my agent since I was 12 me and uh, my agent Leslie Duff at Diamond Management she's honestly one of the most important people in my life she's coming to my wedding like she's she's basically my second mother um but she but we work very very closely and we meet often to talk about um where we want kind of my career to go what you know what goals I have and actually the RSC has always been on my list of things I wanted to do and so for this to be happening is really exciting for both of us um but I yeah I really I I really try to um to gain as much experience in lots of different areas of the industry as possible um really for two reasons I mean one is obviously not to be pigeonholed um but two is just to experience those other things I didn't go to drama school so um, when I came down to London to do Spring Awakening, that was my first big professional um, theatre job. Mm. And so I don't have those um, experiences and um, maybe skilled in certain areas. All of the, my skill that I have has come from learning on the job um kind of being a sponge to um, the people around me and the people I've worked with. So for me to get into character acting is, is was a, kind of an important leap for me. And also my um, casting bracket changed. Um, I'm now 29, so I'm just moving into kind of my 30s and that kind of old, mm. slightly older um, uh, characters are being opened up to me. Yeah. And so I kind of wanted to establish myself in that um, now so that um, so I'm getting married next year and I would love to have a family. And so for me... To be able to have established myself in that bracket before I kind of maybe have a baby mm. is quite important as well. All these things you have to think of That's really as, a, as a woman. Yeah. I mean, also as as a man, because you know you have paternity and everything. But as a to have a, a baby changes you as a person, and I think. To have, to have established myself in this kind of world is really, really exciting, and also to get in at the RSC. Not saying that they'd ever employ me ever again. Maybe they won't. But I think, um, I think, I think to to kind of work for such an amazing establishment now is really, really exciting. It hopefully will open some doors as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: I was just looking on your social medias before we started chatting <laughs> and it sounds like you were so busy. So you're, as you say, you're getting married. You've just got mm-hmm. this new home that you're like renovating it.
1: We, yeah, we will be slowly and surely. So yeah. <laughs> how on earth
0: do you, how do you master the balancing act? Doing a show like this is taking you away. It's, it's you know, you only had like two weeks notice. How over the years have you, is there such a thing of like mastering that balance, m- looking after your being? How do you do everything?
1: Yeah, it's definitely a challenge, um, but it's something I've been used to. So um, I did my first major tour when I was 20. Mm. Um, I went away with Mamma Mia. I did the international tour. Um, and so I, I, I guess I experienced being away very young. Um, and obviously at that time, I didn't have any commitments back back at home other than my family. Um, but I think, so my fiancé, Mark, he's also an actor, so he does understand the world. Yeah. Um, and you, you just you just really have to make an effort. You just have to really try. You know, there are times when you know you don't go to the pub after the show because you want to go home and FaceTime your significant other, or or you get in your car on a Saturday night and you drive four hours from Plymouth to go and see to go home. You know, um, you you just have to kind of make it work. In the time that Mark and I've been together, so we've been together for about four years now. Um, in that time, I've done three tours um you know
0: mm. a
1: couple of resident shows and now obviously I'm going away again I'm up in Stratford until 2 months before we get married <laughs> um, oh my gosh but, but what's great about here is that we have our own dig so we they the RSC own property around Stratford which they let out to us so I actually have my own little cottage which means that he can come up and stay um and you, you do pay more for that but that's something that you just kind of deal with. a, a few of the, um, the guys on, on this job are expecting their first and second babies, um, mm. whilst we are in tech. Mm. <laughs> oh my and that, that, that is actual life for you, enca- encapsulated really. Yeah. Um, you know you just kind of have to crack on. Um, I think yeah, it, it is difficult, um, and you do kind of just learn to master it, mm. uh, and it's also really fun because it kind of changes up life a little bit. yeah, um, like this this weekend, for example. I went home and um, Mark wasn't there. He's away working at the moment. So I just kind of posted around unpacked boxes, but just had my time at home. Mm. So now I feel kind of refreshed and I can come back and feel, um, you know, like I'm mm. not like I've been home. So yeah, it, it, it takes skill. It takes time, but yeah.
0: I think Iron View, was it, sound of music time when you you had like you had your Olivier nomination and I remember you doing a tweet at the time which everyone was like retweeting it was like something like one minute you were at the Olivier Awards or or at the launch of the Olivier Awards and then the next minute you were doing you know a normal job like you're waitressing (laughs) or something
1: it is hard um I'm not gonna lie that was one of the hardest years of my entire life um you know coming out of the sound of music I was still only 23 Mm. so and I had I, I had bills to pay and so you kind of (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you have to just get a job. Mm. And so I worked as a waitress, and I worked as a waitress for nearly nine months. Um, but actually, it was one of the best things I ever did because the amount of people that I met and the amount of, like, characters I met that I could potentially use one day, I had to keep thinking of it like that. Use it as a, as a use it as an exercise to, you know, have a character bank in your head of people yeah. you've met. And also, it's really grounding. Yeah, I come from a family who have been incredibly supportive of what I do. I mean my parents facilitated my career early on both financially and also driving me to the you know up in the Yorkshire Dales yeah. film a movie, you know. Um but you you do you have to just stay grounded. And they they always said to me just you can you cannot get too big for your boots, you can't. It doesn't achieve anything. Mm. Um it just gets your reputation being a little bit difficult. And I've thanked I mean thankfully i've never had that people have always said you know you're really easy to work with and um, and i think that's maybe why i work so much is because i go out of my way to make sure um i have a good attitude and i think being a waitress there's nothing wrong with that working in a bar there's nothing wrong with that but when you're when i mean I literally the day i found out that i was nominated for an Olivier i worked a double shift at a restaurant and i was cleaning tables and taking people's dirty plates away but at the same time you think well I have two Olivier nominations at the age of 23. What, yeah. you know, swings and roundabouts. Um, yeah. um, and I still, to this day, you know, when I'm not working, I do a lot of voiceover now. So that, that is picking up that other side of work. Right. And I do that alongside. But I work for a, for a um, property management company and I go and run big office buildings in London because using my skills as an actress, um, I'm good with people, um, I'm good at organizing um, large groups of people. Um, and so, you know, to get paid a really lovely amount of money to basically sit down and run run a reception an office building mm. you think well why not mm, exactly. really you know exactly. better than being poor <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well,
0: well, it's important to speak about it I think people don't often think about these things no. absolutely of course it's what you've got to do it's what we've all got to do no matter what you know what industry you're in um, thank you yeah. so much for taking time out to talk to me thank you good thank luck you so with,
1: much for having me on no worries
0: good luck with tech good luck with the wedding
1: <laughs> thank you so I know I keep kind of forgetting that's happening because everything else is happening um, but thank you very much I'm very very excited and
0: um i cannot wait to come and see the show i can't wait to see the wig i can't wait to see the hear the music i'm excited (laughs) for it all brilliant well
1: we're looking forward to having you
0: amazing thank you charlotte Uh,
1: thank you so much thank you
0: the boy in the dress runs at the royal shakespeare theatre in stratford upon avon until the 8th of march 2020 Thank you so much to Charlotte for taking time out of rehearsals to have Anatta with me. It's always such a pleasure to speak with her. If you enjoyed this episode of In The Frame, please leave a rating, write a little review and make sure you hit that subscribe button. We also have another podcast, The West End Frame Show, which will keep you up to date with everything going on in Theatreland. So make sure you check that out. And you can head over to westendframe.co.uk for more info about all of our podcasting adventures. You can also find West End Frame on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. I'll be back next week with producer Paul Taylor-Mills.